podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Hello, welcome to another Touch of Gunas podcast. It's your boy Dan Coos on Ocean Duty today, and I'm joined by my mates, namesake German Dan. How you doing, man? What's good, man? I'm, I'm blessed, man. All good. You know, I'm just enjoying my life at the moment, bro. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Life is good as an Arsenal fan, man. Uh, 2-0 win over Wolves on the weekend. A nice routine. Um, I think relatively stress-free game, to be honest, um, watching that. Uh, the live reaction, um, well, the, not the live reaction, but the, the, the post-match reaction to that um, from Lewis and Sean um, shortly after the, the Wolves game is up there for patrons to listen to. So if you, you guys do want a more instant reaction immediately after the game, um, we do record those for the patrons um, after every Premier League game. Europa League is a struggle, but sometimes you might get those as well. Um, over the, the course of the World Cup, so the next four weeks, are not going to be any um, Arsenal uh, football games to talk about, unfortunately. Um, but there will still be some Touchy Gooners content out there, but that's going to be out exclusively for patrons. So Touchline have got um, something special planned for the World Cup. Um, so you guys do make sure you stay tuned so you don't miss out, miss out anything. And if you do still need that Arsenal Touchy Gooners fix, make sure you sign up to the patrons so you don't miss out. There's going to be video content. There's going to be scouting pieces. There's going to be four pieces, all of this stuff. So make sure you get signed up. Um, to the patient from as little as three pounds a month, and so Dan, like let's go, let's talk to the the game that of the weekend, um, Saturday evening, seven forty-five. Um, I was in, I was at a wedding in Spain, and I was, you know, trying to convince the missus to let me go uh, to this Irish pub to go watch the match. This that and the other, I didn't want to miss it, man, because you know, missing an Arsenal game, uh, you, you're missing, you're missing the experience now. You're missing total football. Um, all of this, it, it can't be done. Um, but it ended up being a 2-0 win. So, you know, let's get your thoughts, your initial uh, high-level thoughts um, on, on the game. Yeah, definitely. First of all, I was going to say, Ra, you're, gonna, you're trying to take my Continental Dance, you know, title. What's going on here? When yeah, not, get said anyhow, bro. <laughs> not, not even, man. Not even. You, you can keep that. You can keep that tag, man. I'm, I'm travelled out. I'm travelled out. <laughs> yeah, and... On the game, yeah, 7.45 kick-up was one of them ones where last season, I'd have been scared, man. I'd have been scared. Under the lights, late, everyone's watching the game. You're thinking, we're going to fumble. Um, but this year, I was I was blessed. I was calm. Um, look at Wolves. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're not really good going forward. They don't also, you know, keep clean sheets. And I was thinking, yeah, away from home, doesn't matter. We, we've played more away games than home games in this stretch of 14 games. I think it's eight away games, six home games. I was like, I'm looking at a W right now. So um, I was pretty confident that we would get it. I wasn't sure if it was just like going to be... Because in the last couple of weeks, we just won some, some of the games, just 1-0 and kind of controlled it. And 
left it like that. I wasn't sure how potent we'd be in this game, but I think we were good for two 0 We probably could have got two, three more, to be honest. Um, we you know we dominated that game. I think they had very little threats. Um, Adama obviously was a threat. Honestly, this guy at half time, I saw him come on. Um, and obviously he, he started, but at half time I saw, I seen him come on and. You know the way he was oiled up, like something's <laughs> wrong with him. No, 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 something's wrong with him. You don't need that much baby oil on your skin. Hey, yeah, I get the the premise. Why crazy. you do it? But... It's crazy. It's wow. crazy. Did you much have did you, baby oil? Did you have this show um, called Glad Gladiators when you were younger? Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know about it. Uh, but there was this show. It was hosted by John Fashionu, and it was on ITV every Saturday. And it used to be like these. They're basically like bodybuilders like these athletes and they'd compete against regular people um in all of these like physical challenges this and the other and adama when i see him coming on the pitch with his baby oiled up <laughs> oh shit you're mute now you're mute you click yourself on mute oh it reminds me of, of one of those um one of those gladiators where um you know he's just he's just glistening and i <laughs> and he's like are you are you here for a bodybuilding contest or are you here to play football, brother? Because you know I get it. There's been fast players before, right? I've never seen anyone oiled up in this manner, brother. It's crazy. Like, it's, it's just it seems so over the top. Um, but I was yeah. going to say it must actually confuse the defenders because he really is dripping in coconut oil, and you're like <laughs> you're standing next to him and you just smell it anyhow. Like you're thinking, no, nah, what's going on? And then he starts running. You try. You grab him a little bit and then he's slipping off. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, the thing is, you know what? Like he he probably is like one of the best dribblers the game's ever seen. I can't lie to you. Right? Like, like he's actually it's 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 incredible what what he yeah. is able to do with the ball at his feet, but you know, he just has no end product for me to be honest. So, like, even though he does, I think, cause some nervousness, um, I don't really feel that threatened when he is the one that's running through, if that makes sense. Like, you know that he's going to cause mayhem. He's an agent of chaos kind of thing. But you also know that his end product just really isn't isn't very good because right, yeah. even if his end product was average, he'd be a top player. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's 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 players, I think, who, who have mediocre um, end product that, that are able to do a lot more than what he does with yeah. without half the talent that he has um being able to dribble past players. So you know I think he was their main threat. Uh, you gonna mute again. You're mute. Yeah I'm not sure why that keeps happening to be honest. That that auto mute over there. Yeah, yeah I, I agree though he was he was he was he was their main threat and I think um, Guedes was a threat as well, but he's got the same Bozo gene as Adama. So both of these men will be fast, can dribble, can take you on, can get in behind. And, you know, ultimately their end product with the last final action just lets them down. Like so many times, it's like there's really, there's consistency to it actually, because it lets them down more than, <laughs> than it actually like leads to something good. So um them two obviously just trying to get in behind Gabriel, get in behind Saliba. Our line is obviously super high. Um, but we, we dealt with them quite well. I think I think when you when you watch when you watch all of our games this year, and I think we've seen a stat as well that we, we just dominate games so much and we, we usually are ahead in games that people get a bit nervy when it's just nil-nil. Like in the group chat, people were saying, Oh, I don't know. And I was like, 
I don't know if, how, if we were good this game. I was like, no, nah, we were fine, to be honest. Like, we controlled the game for most of the parts. Even when the counter attacked us, it, was, it wasn't clear, 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 clear out chances. I think one Guedes had one big chance. But apart from that, it was just like half chances. We, we get into shape very, very fast. And mm. we control most phases of play. Like, it's, we are a very good team. Like, and when everyone's fit, we are a very good team. This team that started that game, that team, believe! <laughs> hey Dan, relax, you know, relax. This is the main this is the main thing, you know. This is hey, the main hey, thing. Hey. You gotta save that for Patreon, my guy. You gotta save that for the Patreon. Um no, no, that, but... team, that team is strong, man. No, mm. very good has got a very good record, doesn't it? I think that's the team yeah. hasn't got hasn't lost the game yet. Yeah, I think it was something like um when I think they're, they're counting preseason in this as well, right? So when that eleven has um has played together, I think including preseason. Uh, it's eight games, eight wins, twenty-five scored, and three conceded. You know that's a that's a fantastic record. You know, and it can't you can't really um, sniff at that. Um, you know, but regardless of you know whatever opposition, whatever competition, um, you think that that we might have played um, there, and and you know I think you make a good point there. Really, that Wolves, I think they really set up to counter us. Um, Counter us, and I think the way that we were able to defend transitions um, this season is, you know, nothing sort of miraculous. You know, so I saw that to get said um, we we've conceded the least shots um, of any team in the league, right? Um, and that is from also being the team that has the highest line um, in the league statistically as well, right? So you know, if I'm looking at that and I'm saying, yeah, that these. Defenders who, you know, some people are claiming they don't like the balls, don't like defending balls in behind in behind them. I don't know where um, that analysis has come from. But you're looking at a team that is playing, I guess, high-risk football. Um, some might call it in terms of leaving that amount of space in behind. But the way that we're able to shut up shop when we're out of possession, um, counter-press, you know, as you, you Germans love, um, you know, in, in, in the Bundesliga um, with with effectiveness um, to restrict other teams from really causing any danger and any threat. And I think it's only one time in the league this season where we've conceded more than 11 shots, you know. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at this this team and it's almost like, I think, one of the one, one, one of the, the, the things that you would, you'd ordinarily see under Jurgen Klopp where the team is so compact um, in terms of how it's set up in possession, that when you're out of possession, it's almost like you're in a deep, you're, you're almost in a deep block, right? The banks of defensive lines are are there, but they're just obviously much higher up the pitch. So you can't just break us down and a ball in behind. We've got pacey centre-backs. We've got quick defenders that are there that, you know, that's not easy to do as well. And I think Ramsdale's improved his sweeping um, this season as well. So, you know, what do you make of our, I guess, defensive shape um, this season? I think it's, we have a very interesting defensive shape. And uh, I saw some tweets the other week saying, um, what do you guys think if we replace Gabriel Magalhaes and play Ben White right back and, and centre-back and have get a different right back? And I was like, no, because Ben White, Gabriel, Saliba and Jinsenko, you know, are all crucial parts and components of the way we set up. You know, Zinchenko plays like a midfielder. Like, when we have the ball, he he's not a left-back. He really isn't. He is a midfield. He's next to, he's right next to Partey. 
Um, we have Saliba and Gabby at the back. Um, ben White tucks into midfield, but a little bit deeper than Jenschenko, and he does overlaps and on the lap. So, um, and then in defense and defensively, we have three guys that you know they're all very strong and juice on the ground, and also all quite capable in the air. So, um, I think our shape and the lines, um, you know, the spaces in between defense, midfield. And how we recover fast is really, really good. What we also are very good at is being, you know, covering each other. So as I said, Jenchenko is in midfield. Sometimes he's even a bit higher up. He's higher up than Partey a lot of times. So when he when he's out of shape, sometimes Gabriel will go left back to cover that space and recover. And, you know, Partey will be the centre-back. And then it'll be Gabriel, Partey, Saliba, Ben White. And we still have four at the back, you know, and... Our wingers are very, very, very good at getting back as well. Saka and Martini get through a lot of work. So when you win the ball against Arsenal, you first have to beat that counter-press. It takes good feet. It takes good quality to do that. Um, if you just go long, you know, that ball has to be quality, you know, because if it's not, you know, Saliba is there. Gabriel is there. It's very difficult to get the better of us. And I think people see very... You know, very few moments where there are small openings and think, oh, yeah, we could have got Arsenal. Well, you didn't because the opening that you create, that minimal opening that you created, requires a lot of quality to, to be able to get a good chance out of it. And if there isn't the quality on the pass because that pass is under pressure or you have to play that pass after one or just first time, you know, we're restricting people's ability to really be able to get us. Um, mm. So... I think Spurs game is a good example. We were talking about, oh, we had like four or five opportunities. If some plays that pass better, well, most footballers don't play that pass better because it takes first a good touch under pressure um, and then requires, you know, be able to execute. When mm. someone is running, the, the whole game situation is moving. You don't have to ball much at all when you play against us. So you might be a bit like not as sharp. It's difficult to play well against this Arsenal team, um, quite frankly, because there's pressure all over the pitch. There's not one player in this team that doesn't, you know, put the guy that he's next to under pressure. And mm. that's that's what makes it so hard. And then we have the compactness and the willingness to defend and get forwards. It's, it's difficult mm. to play us. And quality to, to score. Mm. It's, it's very interesting, right? Because I think, um, you know, a lot of people compare you know, this side to Man City, you know, for obvious reasons. Arteta went there, he's a coach, this, that, and the other. But I do see probably... You know, just in terms of our, I think, defensive principles, I think I know Pep has the thing where, you know, you need to win the ball back in the first five seconds with the counter press, this, that and the other. But in terms of how we almost position ourselves on the pitch and um, the way that we play, I do see a lot of similarities to Klopp's Liverpool side um, at their peak as well, right? Because I think when we used to play Klopp's teams, um, I always thought that they were the most compact team that we played against and it was almost like you couldn't breathe uh in certain games against them as a fan you know like watching Danny Ceballos go to go to Anfield and get blammed out of his socks um you know and he's he's looking with his eyes wide like a rabbit caught in the headlights you know um I think was it last season or the season before we went to Anfield and Arteta's doing the you know the the, the speakers uh and whatnot to try and get get the the, the players used to the Anfield atmosphere, and then we see what happens to Nuno Tavares. We see what happens to um, Sambi Lakonga um, when they get they they get pressed out their socks, right? And I think that there's a lot of similarities. I think with the the, the pace at which we play, um, um, and also 
um, the, the 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 compactness in the team, right? And I think it's that everyone just seems so hungry um, to win the ball back when we do lose it. Like you see um, Gabriel Jesus popping up at left back, um, you know, to 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 nick the ball off Adama's toes, you know, um, when when he 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 tried to break away, and and you know that's that's supposed to be our centre forward, you know, and that reminds me a lot of you know the type of work that Firmino was doing when they were calling him a defensive striker, this that and the other, um, you know what I mean? And so I think Arsenal and Arteta have got. I do think it's a unique style and a unique identity um, because I think there's elements from a lot of different top coaches that we've seen in the past that Arteta has now um, amalgamated into his own philosophy. And it's probably is his, like, not probably, this is his own philosophy, but I think you can see certain parts and elements that he's taken from other teams um, as well, not just uh, Man City. So, you know, I, 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 I do want to touch on some um, individual performances as well and i'll start with the guy um that i just mentioned in gabriel jesus so i think that's now his ninth game in a row that he's not scored um scored in i think he had a couple of chances in this game i think he had five shots overall i believe so you know he's still taking his shots he's still finding himself in positions i think the first one offside uh finish from martinelli cross very similar to the chelsea uh chelsea one martinelli coming cutting in on his right right foot swinging the ball in he pulls it down and slots past the keeper expertly, but obviously it's offside. And it's just one of them ones where you're just like, ah, oh, you know, I needed that one to, to be two. You need, I need you to be two yards um, further back. Um, I think he had another chance where he's through on goal and he hits the bar and it goes over. I think it's questionable whether or not that would have stood um, for onside as well. Um, and But then obviously outside of the, the goals, he is integral to the to 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 the opening goal. Um, you know, pops up on the left after Martinelli does um, quite a long run um, off the touchline and finds himself in the centre, um, and slides. You know, a perfect ball to Fabio Vieira with some quality work from Fabio Vieira as well. I think to draw out the keeper then sit him down so it is an open goal for um, Erdegaard or Saka who was right behind him as well. So you know, how do you evaluate Jesus as at this? I guess halfway point of the season. So um I think he just to add, I think he had another chance. There was a cross to the back stick. I think it might have been Ben White or Udegaard. But I think if Jesus coordinates his steps better, he gets a better connection on the ball and he probably scores. But mm. just just to answer your question, I think Jesus, I think he's a fantastic football player. That much that much is evident, that much is clear. And I didn't doubt that he's a good player. Um it has surprised me how good of a player he is. Like I knew he was good, but yeah, he's really, really good. Um, but when we were linked with him, um, me and you versed the similar concerns, you know. I said I worry about this man's scoring consistency because um, you know, the way I analyze football players, I I try to be very objective, especially when footballer is over 23. I feel like that's when you know the development I don't think is as exponential anymore. So I I Gabby is this is 25, and the evidence shows me that he typically doesn't score huge amounts of goals and he typically underperforms his xg so i'm looking at the numbers and i'm like i don't think this guy's gonna score 25 league goals you know i, I just don't think that's gonna happen because he hasn't shown me that he, he can do that um in order for me to believe that he, he he could do that and you know repetitively he would have to do it at least once and you know so far he hasn't done that so i, I had concerns over scoring consistency 
Um, and we're we're here now. I think he's going to go through patches where he doesn't score, and then he's going to go for patches when he scores loads. And I think that's the type of player he probably is. Um, and remains to be seen if there's a way of um him being able to space out his scoring a bit better. But I mean, to compare it to other strikers like Lukaku, he scores in patches. He always has, and he hasn't changed. I think Vardy is the same. He's hot and cold. Um, so I think it takes a lot of I don't know. I think it takes a monumental change in his approach play for him to score more. And his approach play is also one of the things that makes him really good. Um, so I think some of his approach play would have to would have to scale back in order for him to score more in some way, I feel. And um, I just can't see that happening. So essentially, and, and to, be, to be completely transparent, we have to we have to require more goals from a white man. Um, we have to require more goals from Martinelli, from Saka. And also Udegaard contributing with goals now. We have to hope all three of them hit double figures, which is looking quite likely. And I think Gabi Jesus will, will hit double figures. And um, we then have a team of four players hitting double figures. And we already have Gabriel um, um, at the back who scores quite a bit of headers. And we also have Jacka who's now scoring goals. So I'm not worried about the team's you know attacking competency, but I do worry about his scoring consistency and wonder if he can take it up a notch. Can he go up a level and you know, score more and more consistently remains to be seen. But as far as a player, he's one of the reasons why we are so good right now. Mm. He, he 100% is, but he hasn't scored 10 goals for people to say, oh, he's an amazing striker. You, at this moment in time, you just have to say he's an amazing player. Striker, I think, you know, you have to score goals. That's the currency, right? Mm. Um, and I was going to touch on when you were talking about the Man City-Liverpool aspect. And I definitely think... Arteta has picked pieces from different teams. Like, for example, Klopp, as he's at compact, you know, the intensity they play with, the speed of play. Um, I remember listening to a podcast quite a while back. It was Luis um, Campos, who's now the sporting director at PSG. And he was, I think, at Real Madrid before. And at AS Monaco, he's one of the best in the business, basically. And he said, you know, the, the, big, the biggest sign of a quality team is the speed of play. How quickly, how quickly does the ball move? And in order to, you know, up your speed of play, you need to have technically top, top, you know, players because they can do things, which I always say, which I always bang on about, quicker than everyone else, high operation speed. They have high operation speed, do things quicker, take less touches to do things, which is why I hate it's a bios. Takes too many touches to do, you know, the easy. Then you look at Zinchenko. Zinchenko takes one or two touches, executes things, you know, even things that are difficult. Same as Saliba. Executes things that are difficult, one or two touches. Same as Gabi Jesus, they open up the play, and this is those three are the reason this team has gone up a level. And then mm-hmm. we, all, we obviously have already Ben White, we already have Gabriel, who are all good technical players. We already have Partey, who's a top technical player. We already have Udegaard, who's a top technical player. Saka Martinelli, I think, are very good technically as well. Under pressure, they take balls down um, with people on, on on their back. We have across the team. I think even Jaka technically, technically, he's not. I wouldn't say under level of like most of the team, um, because they're just can take more difficult things. But Zaka is very, very good technically as well. So mm. we have a team that has the base the base level of this team is, is so high technically that that's why we can move the ball so fast. That's why we can, you know, play out the back the way we can. You know, that's that's one of the reasons. And I think Altair has definitely modelled uh, on, I think, Real Madrid. Um, and he has taken bits and pieces of... Um, Man City, which is the, the wingers being very wide and high. But I, I remember Real Madrid used to have their fullbacks tucked in as well and be very involved in the play. They would have one fullback cover, how would be the one doing overlap, underlap, 
and then Marcelo would be doing more of the inside, like Zinchenko. So I feel like that's that's definitely something he's looked at, and they play with a lot of verticality. Um, I think we do um, more switches than Man City. I think Man City play a lot of short passes, and Liverpool do a lot of switches as well. Liverpool mm-hmm. probably do too many long balls, so we are in between. So he's just picked um, and kind of found the perfect balance, really, and that's why we're doing so well. Mm, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, man. Um, and I think on on Jesus uh, to to round that that point up as well. Like, I think no one in their right mind could fault this guy's overall contribution to the team at all. You know, and I agree with you one hundred percent. That you know, I've said it m- multiple times in this podcast that we did the scouting piece, and I was you know I was encouraged more so doing the scouting piece than I knew this guy was a good player. I've always backed him as a good player. Um, I've seen things on a scouting video that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily see all the time because of, you know, how often he would play um, and whether or not he'd be playing the games that I'd, I'd be watching, etc. And I've seen uh, some some dribbles and stuff like that that I wasn't necessarily always watching. But then, you know, we're seeing him live in the flesh in an Arsenal shirt. Some of the stuff that this guy does is... It's out of this world, like it's proper, you know, get you gets you up off your up off your seat stuff, you know. When like I think what game was it? Was it the Bournemouth game where he's he's literally he's bodied the centre back and in the same motion, controlled it with his left, turned and now dubs two man and set um Martinelli through on goal, right? And I'm just saying that how many players in this division could do that? You know, let alone, nothing, I think, nothing, nothing. you know, out of, from, from, it was a clearance from Ben White, I think, um, as well. You know, how many players in, in this league are capable of doing something like that? And, and I, I don't think the answer um, is is very, uh, is, 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 is there's not a long list of players who could do that, right? So, you know, I think in that respect, what he's done um, to raise the level, I think just in terms of pure quality, um, you know, can't be, it can't be sniffed at, right? And, and then I think in terms of, you know, soft factors, we were talking about this a little bit in the group, right? When people talking about, oh, would you replace him for a gunman, this, that, and the other, right? And I think one thing that it must not be mistaken for is I think his attitude is absolutely A1, you know? And I think when you look at where the team was at the end of the last season, um, in terms of, you know, what they were p- potentially lacking to get them over the, over the line, right? During tough period that we had at the end of last year when, you know, senior players uh, went down, the defence went down, etc. Um, did we have enough of that, I guess, leadership to to really raise morale, morale to, to lead from the front, to lift um, emotions, lift the mood, etc. And I think what you see from him, like he does the, the pre-match huddle um, at the start of the game, you know, um, I think that he's he's part of that three-man leadership group, him, Odegaard and, and Xhaka. And I think he's, you know, he's really pulling his weight um, as a leader in that team as well. And I think if you look at the side that we have, you know, with Saka, with Martinelli, with um, Xhaka, even the defenders, I think, you know, Saliba's a young man, Gabriel and Ben White, they don't have much, um, Ramsdale as well, they don't have much top-level experience played like none of them are really played in the Champions League. None of them have um really competed for top honors or anything like that before. But he is the one person, him and Zinchenko as well, I guess, um, that have been part of those winning squads, been part of those winning um teams and know know what it takes to, you know, go week after week, needing to free needing to get the three points and going out and getting the three points. And I think that's something that the team has really needed. 
um, to be honest. And I think it's showing that, you know, there'll be times last season where we'd go 1-0 up and the press from the front would stop um, because, you know, Lacazette needed a rest and he can't, couldn't do it for 90 minutes and he needed... Um, you know, you, you, and then and then and then the, the defensive line would drop back because we wouldn't press from the front, and then we'd struggle then to find our second wind. And I think the the never say die attitude of Jesus, even when you know him personally might not be in the goals, he doesn't stop. You know, he doesn't stop trying, doesn't stop pressing, doesn't stop trying things, doesn't stop. You know, the work rate, and I think that is the example that a lot of these um, young boys needed to be honest, um, to really push on and, and raise the standards. So, you know, I think that is invaluable um, XP um, to, to, to bring to the um, to bring to bring the table. And I, I agree with that on the winning bit. You know, these guys have played in a team where winning is a habit. You know, winning is not something that you do once in a while or, you know, every other week. You do this every week and you do it right every week. So, and it has transformed um, uh, or has uh, has translated into what we do in Arsenal right now. You know, winning isn't, it's, it's not a sometime thing, it's an always thing, you know. And I don't know who said it. I think it's one it's one NFL coach. So, winning is a habit, man. And um, at this moment in time, I'm loving this habit, you know, so. Mm. Yeah, long may it continue, man. Long may it continue. So, um, in this Wolves game, right, so... Granit Xhaka, who's probably been one of our players of the season this year, um, he he had a stomach bug, and I think a lot of other players had stomach bugs, um, apparently some food poisoning um, coming into this game. And so he couldn't play longer than like 13 minutes. I think he came came off the bench for and And Arteta made the decision to bring on um, Fabio Vieira. And, you know, this looks like a, another sort of masterstroke from, from him as well, right? So... You know, looking at this game, I think there was a few options that he could have done. Um, I don't think Lukonga was in the squad actually, because um, I think he was he was probably ill as well. Unless you know him and him and Arteta have fallen out from him not getting in the Belgium squad um, or something. <laughs> but um, so, but but let's let's say that it was um, illness. Um, Tierney was on the bench, but he apparently also had an illness um, as well. And I think there's Reese Nelson and there's no Smith Rowe, it's that and the other. So um, I think Arteta gave the error the, the go ahead. And we've seen this in the past, right? Where we've tried this two um, attacking eights thing, and it's not really to date um, had much success with with someone other than uh, Granit Xhaka playing in that in that in that role, right? So what do you think was the main difference? Um, in this Wolves match that that meant that we got some success from it. Yeah, first of all, I, I do think that was a really good sub from Atta. At the time, I was thinking Tierney and Zinchenko midfield, but Atta's sub, sub has proven to be right. And I, I think I think the reason why it worked this time was Zinchenko and the position he takes up. And um, I think when we were in the chat, people were like, oh, Jin, I think you even said, like, Zinchenko's pissing me off. Like, he's not really... And I was like, he's probing. He's probing. He's finding the spaces and he's like, drawing Wolves out and I think he he was actually not at his best in terms of you know with the ball or without the ball but just what he does in general like his general you know role in the team you know he makes the CM go up higher the pitch and I think that's one of the things I noticed it was like Javier was trying to come deep for the ball and Zinchenko and Partey and Gabriel say no you need to get up the pitch get up the pitch and he was really struggling when he came on at first he was look completely lost 
didn't know what positions to take up, didn't know where to run. And then in the second half, he seemed to understand where he needs to be. And he started making, you know, a few runs in behind. And guess what? They found him. They started finding him. And I feel that we haven't played that dual eight road, um, eight system with Zinchenko playing yet. And I don't, I, I don't really think it's probably one to start with. I would always kind of maybe be a bit more reserved, unless it's like at home, you know, and then against one of the relegation fodders. But I think most most games Saka will probably start, start. But I can see going forward him starting Smith Rowe in the left eight and Jinchenko left back and Martinet left wing. And uh, that is going to be super potent because we know Smith Rowe moves well off the ball. We know he does. So now imagine Jinchenko on that left-hand side, high up the pitch, you know, Smith Rowe running in behind, Martinelli coming to feet running in behind. There's going to be a lot of synergy on that side. And um, I'd like to see it. And I think we've seen glimpses of how that role is better implemented than before. The team wasn't ready when he was trying to do these things. And I think he tried it a couple of times and then just said, you know, I'm going to sack it off until you guys are ready for this. And I think it also had to do with, and I, I said this last year, I believe, when I just felt there's no chemistry on the left-hand side. I don't, I did not like Tierney last year because he couldn't do the things that Jintenko can do at left-back or at the, you know, inverted role. Granted, I think Tierney has actually been quite good this year, but, you know, what Jinchenko just gives us in that role is a bit different and it kind of enables that left, CM to not have those defensive responsibilities and be free roaming and be getting into the box and scoring and assisting. Mm, yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's a it's a really good point around um, the use of Zinchenko um, in the left back slot and and whether or not that makes us a better side. Because I think you know with Partey and his passing, um, I think he he really activates the right hand side um, a lot. Like he likes that pass out to the right flank. Like he receives it from the left and gives it out to the right. And I don't think he's quite as balanced in terms of receiving it from the right hand side and playing it out to the left. Obviously he does it, but I think his preferred pass is that whipped one um, out to out to Saka and that and that or maybe a reverse through the through the lines. Um, as well, but that ball maybe from right to left, maybe where he finds the left winger, I don't think it's quite the same, right? And what's it? What I think Zinchenko does is he activates that left hand side for us, you know. Um, and we've seen it in a few games last season. I think the worst one I have recollection of is when it was um, uh, Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup, right? When it was I think Odegaard on the right hand side, Patino on the left, and Lokonga. Um, in the middle that we couldn't get any of the left-hand side to really activate. Nuno Tavares was playing that game as well. Um, he got hooked after about 30 minutes. Um, and that whole left-hand side was, you know, quite a Shambles. mess. Yeah, it was quite, a, it was quite a mess, you know. And so um, I think with Zinchenko and just his ability on the ball, it does allow us to do um, a lot more things and be, um, I think, probably just uh, a, a lot more secure on that on that left-hand side, you know, and I think even just defensively, um, I think this season we've sort of released Granite Xhaka from a lot of his defensive responsibilities, you know, and he's able to, to crash into the box. And a lot of the time he's almost our most advanced player, um, you know, playing ahead of Jesus, ahead of Martinelli and that kind of thing, because we've been able to, invert because it's not just when Zinchenko's played there um that he's been doing that but we've seen Tomiyasu um 
play there and Tierney to a lesser extent when he's been occupying that, that central space that he doesn't look the most comfortable in, but he's done to an okay level, I think, this season. So, you know, I think it's a really good point around sort of what the left-back position is allowing us to do um, along that side as well. Um, and so I think uh, it ended up with Vieira having um, quite a good game in the end. Obviously, he got the good assist that we mentioned um, earlier. And I'm hoping now that, you know, he's not going to the World Cup We've got six weeks, I think, until our next game. Um, and that basically should be like a replacement pre-season for him because he was injured uh, for pretty much the whole of pre-season. Um, and he's been used in quite a number of different um, positions. So, you know, I'm hoping that um, Odegaard, who also isn't going to the World Cup, um, uh, Vieira, hopefully Smith-Rowe comes back um as well he's, he's uh, doing well apparently I've, I've seen that he's um he's he's got i think he's going to be able to play in dubai so nice so so it's looking like you know hopefully we can get a, like discover a couple of players um in that in this like next six week period that we can really utilize um as as depth as starters etc um in the second part of the season so you know fingers crossed that these guys come through this this period um unscathed um and so we have uh, a number of listeners questions um i think here dan so and i think that would probably be the best way to spend um the second half of this pod uh because i think they touch on quite a few topics that that would be interesting to to discuss right so um at aknmc underscore um he says what would you say arteta has done differently to get us performing like we have so far this season? Did anyone envisage such improvements in such a short period of time? Boy, I think, I don't even know if he's done much differently. I think he's mm. probably stuck to his, 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 his principles. And um, he got, I think our transfer window was good. You know, as I said, we've signed three starters who all are, in my opinion, fantastic players all are highly technical um, and all improve us in basically every phase. So defensively, Saliba. Midfield, Zinchenko. Up front, Gabi Jesus. So we, we, we've we done we've done the trick there and then we've, we've added some depth. Obviously, we, we would have liked some more depth, but, um, you know, I think that's what we've done. And last season, and we were getting clowned. Tachiginos were getting clowned. Oh, since Christmas, the table, all that kind of stuff, we were getting clowned for these type of things to, to basically ascertain and say, listen, this team can put a good run together, but they lack consistency because we don't have enough quality, one, which we have now replaced, or we have now added. Two, we don't have enough depth because when, you know, key players fall to injury, we lose, you know, our ability to, you know, sustain a good run of results. So we have now added quality. I don't think we still have enough depth. So we need to be kind of lucky on the injury side in order to, you know, push all the way for um, top four, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah um, I think I think that's probably what um, he, he's done the most different. I think since 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 that game against Chelsea, this team has been pretty good when they're all fit. When all the starting eleven is fit, this team has been pretty good. Um, so I feel like he probably hasn't done too much different. He just added quality um, mm. to an existing core. And edit more, you know, you know, a little bit more depth, but we need more depth in order to push on. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I think that's spot on to be honest, because you know, 
we actually we did a very similar run to this last season um, in terms of performances at least you know we didn't necessarily match it with the results but um in, definitely in terms of performances from um the start of december right the way through till till march uh international break um we played well in almost every single one of those games um in the league you know um i think the only uh two losses that we had um were against manchester city and liverpool and i think on the day if you have more quality up front we probably win both of those games you know probably win both of those games um because we had the chances to do so so you know i don't think it's like if you are actually paying attention um and i'm not going to say like oh you know this like we someone would have predicted us to win 12 or 14. no i don't think anyone would have predicted that but i think if you're paying attention um i don't think the performances would be that much of a surprise given that the majority of our squad has been fit this season because i think last year we won like 10 of 12 games or something like that or uh, I think it was eight wins in 10 or something like that. That was the run. Um, so us doing that this season shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But I think the consistency and the manner with by which we've been able to sustain this form um, is the main, is the main I think, surprising thing. And, you know, as you said, we need a lot of luck with injuries, really, to keep this run um, going. And I think that's something that, that Liverpool had um, in 1819, 1920, right? Um, I think I can't remember who it was uh, that said the stat. It might have been Lewis when he said that. I think in the season where they won the title, um, they had eight of their first 11 players play 30, 30 plus games. I think they played eight, eight of them played 34 games in the league, right? Which, you know, just shows you how consistently they were able to put out almost the same line same lineup you know and i think we need something similar where you know someone like Partey is able to play 32 33 games he doesn't miss more than five games where someone like jesus someone like saliba is able to play those numbers and i think if if that spine of the team is able to to play those games together where say you're, you're not breaking up that partnership of Xhaka and Partey, we know what their win win percentage is like with them both playing that if they play 30-something games, how many of those games are we going to lose? You know, not many. So, you know, um, looking at their run uh, that, that the team has had together, keeping everyone fit is the most important is the most important thing for me. And I think that is the main um, difference um, in pre- previous seasons, to be honest. Um, also, uh, a yeah, slightly... yeah, I think you make a good... Yeah, you make a good point on that run because I just went and checked and... Yeah, we only lost to Man City and Liverpool in that stretch from, you know, after we lost to Everton and United. But it started in December with a win against Southampton all the way up until, like, you know, end of March nearly. Mm. Um, and we we lost. And I think, yeah, we drew also against... The draw against Burnley. It was a very... Mm-hmm. Street player missed someone. Some of our key players had COVID. Partey was injured. Yeah, as soon as they drop, we drop points. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Um, let's say, keep everyone fit, man. Keep everyone fit. Um, so Tonje one, he said, "How much would you attribute our start this season to the collapse of last season? It was painful and embarrassing, but it may have also been a hard reality check to the squad that sometimes good just isn't good enough. Do we have a, a similar point total if we had scraped Champions League?" 
difficult, very hypothetical, isn't it? But I think, I think it's irrespective. You know, I, I think if we'd have got Champions League, we could have still been doing this. Um, I definitely think you know the, this team has a good mentality, and Teta always talks about culture, so he must be instilling um, you know this culture and the mentality of operating into these guys. Um, and as I, as we said, they're trying to make winning a habit, not a every now and then thing. It's like we need to win every week. That's what the expectation is. Um, so I think it's difficult. To, it's just so hypothetical, but I think we would we would still have a strong start. You know, keep this team is capable of putting. When everyone's fit, this team is capable of putting wins after um, wins after win together, and um, I think we would have been able to do that regardless of Champions League or not Champions League from last season. Yeah, yeah and I think as well, like one thing, um, to both, if we have Champions League, what's that, like an extra 60 mil to spend um, on, on on players, right? Um, so, you know, I think we probably have more depth as well. Um, mm. You know, maybe Arteta gets his first choice um, in in someone like Martinez, maybe, you know, we get the winger, maybe we get an extra DM, etc. because I think we were, we were very, we were kind of very, very fine um, in summer with the budget that we had to spend um, as well. You know, I think we were priced out of a few players um, yeah. that the club were interested in. And so, you know, I think with the, with the, the, the depth that we, we have, um, you know, if, if we added, two or three more players with Champions League money. I don't see why not, to be honest. Um, one thing I do think is that mentally, um, mentally, I think the you, you you learn more from failures rather than successes, I think, right? And I think, you know, if you, you, you want to look at teams in the past, when they've come very close, um, I think the best teams have then used that as motivation to go and, and do big things you know you look at some of the Fergie sides that I think they went three years without winning the league title um and then you know they said enough is enough went went won the Carling Cup I think with a new generation of player and then they won the next like three titles on the spin or something like that right look at Liverpool missing out on the league title to to City by a point or whatever and then the next year they go they storm and do 99 99 points um Again, uh, so you know, I do think that that, that failure has probably um, scarred a few of these guys, right? Like, I'm very, very interested to see how we perform when we go to Newcastle away, when we go to Spurs away, because I think these lot are going to go to those grounds with a bit of a chip on their shoulder to show the the the, the people, especially that you know we're not going to let you um, do that again to us, um, you know, this season. So. You know, I think those those are going to be some very very interesting uh, games to watch for sure. Um, um, so, Lukey um, T Y L R. He says, as much as I like Rob Holding, he's not good enough to be starting matches with Benjamin most likely being used in the right right back position. Would it be worth Arsenal bringing in another centre back? And if so, who? Yeah, we. I definitely think uh, you, that's that's one of the positions. As a backup, we need to transition him out. I think for now he's a steady Eddie. Um, you know we can use him every now and then to to see our games and stuff. But I've never been a fan of holding. Um, you know, I, I would I would not be. I say I would not be opposed. I am in favor of um, you know signing centre back, but it's not a priority. 
and as what you said as well, Dan, at the moment, we just have to focus on the priorities for the squad, which is obviously um, another winger and then another midfielder. Those are the priorities, in my opinion. And once we have them locked in, then we can look at, you know, the wider squad and do do some, you know, do some aesthetic shopping uh, because we we, mm-hmm. we still have players like um, Cedric, like Holding, like you mentioned, like um, Elneny in Lokonga, to be honest. So we really get two midfielders in before I get even another centre-back in because I think a centre-back, mm-hmm. we are pretty strong. We have Saliba, we have Gabriel, we have Ben White who can play there. We have Tommy Yasu who can also play there. So... Um, you know, and left back were pretty strong, Tin and Zinchenko. Um, so I think I think I think for now it's not a priority, but I agree we he needs to be replaced. Yeah, one hundred percent. And for me, yeah, I couldn't agree agree more. I think the only um I I, I don't think Holden will be here past summer, personally. Um I think that would just be impossible for, for that to be the case. Um the only thing I can think of um with him potentially leaving earlier is if he himself wants to go and play play some football, right? Um, and I think, you know, with the couple of free agents in the summer, there might be um, some guys that you can you can maybe do now um, as opposed to um, in summer relatively cheaply. But, yeah, I think holding, he's probably going to play maybe five more games, um, starting maybe two more games for the rest of the season for me. Um, so, you know, unless there's another sort of ridiculous injury crisis that we have, um, I don't really see him as needing to leave right now. But for me, I wanted, I've, I've wanted this guy gone for about four years. So, you know, um, so the, the, the day that he does go, I will be very, very happy. You know, I know people talk about liking him. He's a good lad, this and the other, but. I don't know him in it, so I don't really care about all that. So, you know, I just I need him to be a good footballer. Um, and he's not. Yeah. I only care for these soft factors when the player's actually good. If he does, if he's not good, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I couldn't care less, man. I'm happy for him. He's got his hair transplanted in. He's looking, he's looking sharp these days, but he can go do that in someone else's jersey, man, for real. But um okay, and so on a similar sort of sort of Conversation, right? Guna Extra, he said, who do you want us to sign in January for us to bolster our squad for the second half of the season? Mudrick is an obvious option. Any alternatives to him on the wing and any DMCM options, right? So, Dan, we we, we put out tales from the group chat, right? You're giving us your in-depth thoughts on uh, Eminem, yeah? Um uh, <laughs> 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 Mudrick, yeah. Um so so yeah, let's hear let's hear your thoughts, man. Um on, on Yeah, the... I think this is this is the one I want, you know, this is the guy I want us to sign. I feel like you know, he's come on, he's only come onto the scene like last year, like towards the end. I'm not I mean like maybe in Jan, but he's not been around long, you know, he's not been around long and um he's already you know touted for to be going for a lot of money because he, he's he's had he's put some good performance in, in the Champions League. I don't think by any means that he's at the finished article yet, but there's certain things yeah. If you if you're a winger and you have certain attributes, you know, I just feel I feel like you can be devastating. And I, I look I look at this guy and I feel like this guy could be really, really, really good. Um as I said on on the voice note, you know, speed without the ball, but speed with the ball is just it's just peak. You know, when he has the ball, it's very, very difficult for us to get near him. If there's space, you can't get near him. And if there's little space, yeah, if you come close to him, you can shift it. 
he can go both ways as well. And he's he's a pretty good dribbler. I think his cross control is really good. And then his ball striking is pretty good as well. And um and you've seen him play, pick up some good passes as well. I think he definitely is still a bit erratic in, in certain actions because I think when he plays for Shakhtar, everything has to be at speed. Everything has to be done as quickly as possible. They need to get into that final third. And, and I'm, I've only been watching Champions League games, like full games of him. I've seen other clips. But, um, you know, he has to get that the ball up the pitch and they're always transitioning. Um, but when you see other clips where he's like against a set defence, he, he has the ability to play one-twos, you know, and then quickly shift, shoot, pass. I just feel, I, I look at this guy and say, get this guy now. Yeah, you're paying 50, 60 mil. This guy could be worth 120, you know. Um, so we've we've been able to get a lot of transfers in of quality players and for relatively good money. Like Tommy Yasso, I think, is a quality player. Um, Martinelli, quality player. But when we've played big, like Ben White, at first, I had concerns over Ben White. I'll be honest. I, I was, I was definitely, I was not in the Ben White out camp. But I was like, this fifty is too much. I have no concerns with him now. I think fifty is actually, we actually got a good, good deal here. You know, we've got a good deal here. So, if they're looking at Mudrik and and, Mudrik and and they're ready to splash that cash on him, they'll tell that tells you that you know they've done the due diligence on this guy and they're very convinced by his talent. You know, if they are convinced, yeah, I, I, I believe he'll be a hit. I'm already convinced. Like I'm, I'm convinced. I've seen data that um relates to like this packing, like in, in, in order to um so packing data is basically data that relates to um your ability to bypass opponents rather you know for dribbling, for movement, or for passing. So like it's it's very layered, but that's like in the in, in layman's term and in, in simple terms. And basically, he's one of the best performing under twenty threes players um packing data and dribbling like it's just so peak and he also his movement is really really good he commits players because at, same as Saka you know Saka is really really good because you can't defend him just on your own you need one or two to defend them so what does what does that what does that do then is it gives you um you know less players to defend someone that might be on the other wing so if the if the big switch happens the defense is out of position, defense is not set, or it's very difficult to, to defend um, you know, the switches or generally the guy in one to one. So I think Mudrik has similar capabilities in terms of being able to really make you know, you know, opposing teams want to um double man them. And Saka Matanelli have and we've seen the fruits of the labor, and I think technically already is quite good. Um I just see a big, big talent here. Um it would be interesting because you I think we've not been at the stage where Arsenal were good enough for us to say, oh, we have three top, top wingers. We've always had like one or two and they will start when they're fit. Um, mm-hmm. But we've seen how, how it works at Man City. Everyone gets 25 to 28 league games. <laughs> and then um, they're all, you know, they're all okay. Sane, Sterling, they played in the same team. Then Sane, was, I don't know if Sane was there when Mahrez was there, but I think he probably was. Sane, Sterling, Mahrez, Foden, you know, they all get game time. So I think... I'm not concerned about that. I think they they'll they'll be able to get enough game time, all of them. The only thing I, I kind of think is can he play on the right wing and as well as on the left? So most of the most of the videos I've seen is on the left. Um so but he's got this ability to beat a man. So I want I want him I want him to be signed. And I mean I mean we all saw the tweets, right? Zinchenko's wife doing the lot the God's work, you know. Boy. <laughs> Bro. The question yeah, she's asking, I don't know how she got them pre-authorized. <laughs> they, mm. shouldn't, 
How's she getting them past the, past the press officer, man? That shit is crazy. Wait, it looks like it looks like they're going to war with the Shakhtar press officer, man. Like he's saying everything that you would not <laughs> want a player to Bro, be saying. You know, he's saying that guy's losing here, his man. job. Saying, <laughs> that guy's losing here, his man. job, man. So, yeah. Whatever briefly approved, man. Just yeah, man. That guy's losing his job. But yeah, mm. yeah. I, I'm, um, happy, I'm happy we're linked with him, and it's not just a soft link. It seems quite a, quite a strong link. Have you seen what Fabrizio said today? Mm. about um, mm. the price not being 100 mil and um, we are in for him yeah I did I did see that so you know I think it's uh, it's one to watch right it's one to watch because I know people are saying oh um, Arsenal kept all their yeah, stuff no, under wraps this that and the other but I, I don't actually agree to be honest I think um, a lot of the players that we have signed um, there have been a few um um you know, sagas, if that makes sense, you know, the Ben White stuff started before the Euros. Um, Ramsdale. And, and Ramsdale started before the Euros and went on for a little while. Gabriel Jesus, um, we heard stuff from, you know, the previous January. You talk about Vlahovic that went on for months and weeks, etc. I know we didn't end up getting him, but I think it was clear that we were definitely um, interested. We heard Zinchenko a lot before... Um, before that, that went a little bit quiet, and, and then we eventually signed him. So I think it's actually more signings that than not are actually in the mainstream um, media, and we do see a lot of chat there. Um, and it's it's more the rarer ones like a Fabio Vieira, where that comes out of the blue, or a, a Matt a Matt Ryan or something like that, right? Where where we don't really know about them. But I think most of the guys that we have signed, um, especially the ones for big money, um, there has been a lot of talk for. You know, a few months, even Erdegaard, right? I think, you know, the whole thing where it was Erdegaard versus Madison, etc. Fabrizio had the inside line on that, you know, when he was telling people that, yeah, Erdegaard is the number one choice. Um, and there was what? It was AFC Bell, I think, that was going against him um, and saying, no, it's Madison. So, you know, That's I think... It, mm, yeah, so I do think if Fabrizio is saying that we're, we're in AFC, there... AFC Bell yeah, we ain't saying FC Bowl. Fabrizio mothered him. So, you know, if if, if Fabrizio is saying that we're in for him, um, oh. then you know, I, I'm I'm gonna tend to tend to believe him, to be honest. So um so yeah, let's let's move on to the to the next question. Well, actually, the second part of the question was CM and DM as well, right? So um oh, okay. for that, you also so asked this... an alternative to Madrid, right? Mm, you yeah, you yeah, also yeah. asked for an alternative to Mikhail or Madrid. Yeah, um, I think uh, alternative. I mean, if we, I, I know this is our, but I would go and get the guy from Napoli. Madrid and the guy from Napoli are my favorite wingers that don't play for Arsenal right now. Those is guys that possible? Do you think they're, they're intense? Brother, they're just crazy, and I, I, I need that man. <laughs> I need that type of threat, man. I need mm. that type of threat. That's why I, mm. I don't I don't like these late like late, late wingers chilling doing mm. nah, I need the, I need my winger to attack you. You know, that's that's what mm. I need. That's why I like Saka and Matsuni because they're so intense and you know defenders are really on their toes against him. They're like, oh for fuck's sake, he's getting the ball, and you know he's coming, he's coming. You know, if it's a winger that doesn't really doesn't really take you on, like Grealish as well. And I was a big fan of Grealish, but the more I watch football and the more I like, you know, build my understanding of the game and what I actually, you know, I like at the moment, I just feel like a player like him, 
no, I need someone more intense, someone more committed to dribbling, someone like ASM, you know, and mm. you need that type of threat, someone that wants to take you on all the time, the stabilizes your defense all the time through running at you, through running behind you. Um, and I see that in that guy from Napoli, I can't really pronounce his name, and Mikhail Mudrik. So those are the mm. two for me. I think that that's going to be a tough one to do, to be honest. That's going to be very tough um, yeah. to get him out of Napoli, to be honest. But yeah, it's a funny one. Summer, I, I really liked Musa Diaby, um, to be honest. I did like him. I've not watched him that much this season, so, so I can't say how good of a season he's having or not. Um, I know he's been playing out there with, with Cho. Um, so I don't know. I don't know whether they've got any sort of relationship, working relationship over there in Leverkusen. But, you know. Um, I, I don't think it'll be possible to get him out in January, right? So, um, alternatives, boy, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I think Zaha, six months left, cheeky, 25 mil bid. Don't know, maybe, maybe that's something they look at, but you know, I'm, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, and in terms of centre mids and DMs, right? So, it looks like that Danilo one's going to happen, um, for me. So, I think part of the 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 patron stuff that we're going to be doing over um over the next sort of four four to six weeks with the world cup coming on um is doing some scouting pieces of these guys i think for your benefit and also for my benefit because i've not watched um half of these men you know uh up close and and we like to see the tapes on tg you know nice. so we like to see the tapes we don't just like to throw our opinions out there and and, and start backing fellas um you know, willy nilly for no reason, right? So, um, so we'll see what 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 a few of these guys are saying. We're going to take a closer look at them, um, and then if they're if they're not it, we're going to make sure we at Mr. Gaspar on Instagram and let him know, <laughs> you know, that he needs to close that barbecue and get to work, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think Danilo has been linked. Tielemans, they're saying we might we might um, be finally making a move for. Um, we've been talking in the chat about Ruben Neves as well. So, you know, I, I don't really know, man. I don't really know. I think, you know, would you be surprised if we moved Lokonga on in January and bought two CMs? I would be because I've seen us ruthless with the big stars because they cost us a lot of money. And I, I want this is like a bit of a segue, but I watched Ruth Ferdinand speak to. Um, Jamie Carragher about Ronaldo um, and um, basically Carragher was pamming him and Carragher was telling him a few things that you know <laughs> probably stuck with him but um, one of the things that Rio said he was like Ronaldo is an asset for Manchester United and Carragher went no he's not an asset he's a liability he's on half a million a week and he doesn't contribute that's not that's not a, that's not an asset that's a liability that's something they want to get rid of and he's causing problems so I feel like Oba and um, Uzo were not assets when they got to that stage. They were liabilities, which is why they made sure to get rid of them, even pay to get rid of them. Um, so I don't know how that is with Lokonga because, you know, he, one, doesn't cost that much a week compared to these guys. He probably still has some value in the market. He has a long, longer contract as well than, than those two had. And he's ultimately a young player. So I'm not sure if they would move him on, if they'd be that ruthless and actually sell him. What I could mm. see potentially, and that that is a wish of mine, that he could go out and on. Because they're looking mm. at him and saying, you just missed out on the World Cup. You're not playing games here. We'll send you out and on. Go get your minutes. Mm. Um, get your confidence back. And then one CM, I think. Um, mm. And then they might, in the summer, reassess 
And I think that's when I probably will grab Tillemans on the free. And then we'll have signed two CMs. Lokonga will come back. And unless he's made like significant process um progress or are unknown or been really good unknown, I could see him going on another loan or being sold in the summer. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, because my thinking is Lokonga probably, you know, we've seen how much he's talking, right? Um about not playing, not not playing for Belgium, not playing for Arsenal. And I'm just thinking he he probably just wants to go play as well, right? And I think you're looking at you're looking at him. I know people saying, oh yeah, he he's more of an eight. Um, but if Vieira and Smith Rowe are fit, um, I can't see a scenario where Lokonga is playing eight either for this for this football club, you know. Um, and I think that's him further further down in the in the pecking order. We know that we're going to buy an, a, a central midfielder either, you know, in January or you know at latest the summer. Um, so I don't think he really has much of a future. Um, at the football club. And if you're talking about going to Brazil and bringing another 20-year-old to come in, I think that's another person that Lacombe is going to have to p- compete with. And then you've got Patino coming back um, from from Blackpool as well. Injury. Yeah, and then he's back from injury. So I just I just don't really see where Lacombe fits in. So, you know, I think um, for his own sake, he might, you know, try and negotiate a loan move away. Um, and then, you know, that opens a space up, I think, for... Um, for for an extra CM to come in, but but yeah, just a just a thought that popped into my into my head. So we've well, got a few... interesting. Yeah, yeah. one sec, one sec, Um, Nana A in the comments said, um, Jesper Lindstrom, and we watched oh, yes. the comp of him the other day. I mean, I've I've seen him in full games. And I always thought he's quite a good technical player, but you know when you've never been wowed by someone. So I was mm. like, yeah, he's good. Like, and and I think. Frankfurt have a few of these players. There's one guy I think is Kamada. He's quite good technically. Like so, like Lindstrom struck struck me the same way. But that that was that comp that I saw. Yeah, I might have to go into the archives. Um, this might be have to be one that we look at more closely because he's got he's got the tech left and right foot. He's got you know a feather touch, and he can shoot off both feet. Mm, mm. You know. He's got a bit of flair about him as well. He's got a bit of flair about him. Yeah, if I have to buy some stocks, boy. <laughs> is he on, yeah, is he on the underrated app? Is he on the underrated app? That's the question. He must be, man. Dan Soft, if you're hearing this, bro, you make sure he's on the app. Mm, yeah, get your stocks in quick because, you know, German likes to be a, uh, a leader of them them unearthed gems, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you man got, um, got some competition. But, but yeah, so... Some some good questions that are coming up here. So um Januga95, he says, not gonna lie, I was drinking too much super and mighty malt at the time, but let's revisit this question. And he sent a picture of a question he asked on the 24th of August of this year, right? So I think we played like three games at this stage. And he said, if we stay top until we break off for the World Cup, is it possible for us to maintain a title charge when we come back with this current squad plus one, two? Possible signings. So this guy was believing from early. He was believing from early. So, so what do you think, Dan? I man, I've always for bear, bear in mind, bear in mind, this is public. This is a public forum right now. I've voiced my opinions in the group. I believe, I believe, if this team stays fit, we can definitely um, amass a good amount of points. And we'll, I think, if this team stays fit, we're looking at eighty to eighty-five points realistically if we stay fit. Where does that put us? Typically, City get 90 to 95. I think they average 93 points. So 
they would have to come down on their points or we would have to be pushing even more. So it would require, I think it will require, you know, additions or like, you know, this team has to basically keep up the form that they're on now, which is a ridiculous form. So mm. it's a hundred point rate at the moment. Exactly. So it's it's a crazy form. I, I would expect the drop off, um, especially when, when we get into the later stages of Europa League. So I think we will land between 80, maybe 87 points. And then I think City could drop off, to be honest, because I'm looking at their team and I think they're not as dynamic. You know, if Haaland goes down, where are the goals? You know, so right now, all the goals are really him. I think, I know Foden's got a lot of goals as well, but I think Foden gets the goals when Haaland is playing because he's thriving off the space. As I said, if you have an attacker that is that good, that people are like scared of him, basically. And have to double double man them. That's what Man City did. That's what that's one of the tactics Man City used against Manchester United. They knew both Martinez and um, I don't know who were playing in that game. Was it Lindelof? Um, but but was it Varane? Varane was playing. Yeah, yeah. So both were very focused on Holland. So they made sure phone goes into the space behind both. You know, whenever whenever they're coming. So he basically used a bit of counter counter movement to get Foden in good spaces. And I feel like he benefits when Haaland is in the team. If ha- Haaland goes down, I think we've got a good chance. Um, if he if he stays fit, I think they probably will win it. But I think we can definitely challenge. Um, so I don't believe in winning the title. Um, I think that's probably too much of a stretch, to be honest. We've not been at this stage um, before or in recent years, to be honest. And this team... and doesn't have much experience in, in those in those battles. But I think we can get 80 to 87 points, which technically would mean we were we are being there right until the end, which is challenging for it. But I don't I, I think we will miss out. I just feel like what Man City been doing it requires for them to drop off. So we have to hope they drop off. And at the moment, yeah, we are ahead of them. Um but in 14 games they've still got what 30 32 points? They're still pretty strong. That's still pretty strong. And I think last year, after 16 games, they had 38 points. So they're, they're basically checking at the same rate as they're always tracking. So they will get at around 90 points. Um, whether we do is a different question. So let's see. But I think top four right now is looking very, very good. And that's that's the objective for the season, to be honest. So you're muted. I don't know why that, I don't know why that keeps happening, but but yeah, I think I think I agree with everything that you said, right? And you just need you need luck on your side, you know. You need luck on your side. I think we got a bit of luck um, with the result on the weekend uh, with Brentford. Um, and I'm going to link this to um, another question from Don Mikel, right? So it's a two part question regarding Man City. He said, "Is it just me that thinks we're a really bad matchup for City, especially if um, Tommy plays left back?" Right. I'm not saying we're going to win the title, but I don't see Man City winning the Prem and Champions League in a World Cup year. Surely something's got to give, right? And I think um, ultimately you need a lot of luck, right? And I think with it, you look at the fixtures that Man City have played and the, the games that they've dropped points to. So they've obviously just lost at home to Brentford, um, who who I think are a good matchup for a team like City, the way they play, the counter um um, ability that they have, the hold-up ability someone like uh, Tony and the, the players that run in behind and really put their defenders under pressure. And I do think we saw it last season at the Emirates that you know City really didn't have that much of a sniff um, in that match. Um, I mean, it took a last-minute, um, I think, mishap at the back 
um, from Rob Holding of all people shock um, for them to for them to and the penalty as well and a penalty right and I think the penalty um, and the sh- the shot from Rodri was their only shot on target in open play um, in that second half right and we were down to ten men um, for for the vast majority of that second half as well so you know I I personally think um, we can make this go um, to the last few weeks of the season you know and in saying that. You need for us to be able to do that. You need a lot of luck with injuries. You need um, City to, I guess, continue to struggle in some of these matchups, right? Because as you said, Dan, they are a bit a bit less dynamic without the likes of Jesus, without Sterling. I think they've lost their ability to dribble at guys one v one, and and I think that makes it slightly easier for them um, to defend against in out wide. Not in central areas because central areas you still got Haaland, you know, um, who, who who's who's a beast, and Haaland will win you pretty much eight matches out of ten. Do you know what I he, mean? He's already won them some games. I think if they wouldn't if they wouldn't have signed this guy this year, the title would have been the title race would have been wide open. Yeah, you know, would have been wide open. Honestly, exactly right. And I think um, the the point I, I, I think is a good one is that when it comes to later in the season and it is potentially a choice between the Champions League and the Premier League, which one to City prioritise, because they don't have the biggest squad um, in the world, right? And if it's a case of, right, I need to rest Haaland because he's carrying a knock um, and we've got a semi-final coming up, maybe rest him in the in the league game, you know, and they, and they drop more points there. So I think really and truly, we need a lot of luck for us to go the distance, you know, we need a yeah, lot of luck. luck that we need. We need yeah, a lot definitely. of luck. Um, and one thing I would say is that, you know, we've said it at the top of the show as well, is that when this team is fit and the, the starters are there, the undisputed starters are there, they're as good as anyone. They've proven that they're as good as anyone, you know. Um, so, so for me, anyone that we do sign, I'm not sure they're going to have the same requisite quality as as what we have in that first 11. They might be depth. There might be more depth than what we currently have, you know, in the terms of, you know, we look at why we've got Reese Nelson there, who did, he did, he did okay against Nottingham Forest. He did okay um, against Brighton in the League Cup. Um, but he's not Saka and he's not Martinelli. You know, when Partey goes down, um, Elneny comes in at the end of last season and he, he, he shores us up a little bit, but he's not Partey, you know. Um, and so if we do get someone in, they're probably going to be better than Nelson. They're probably going to be better than Elneny, we'd hope. But they're not going to be as good as the guys we've got starting. And, you know, the levels will drop a bit. So, you know, you might go where you're winning 7 out of 10 to winning 5 five out of 10. Do you get what I mean? And so hopefully those guys aren't down or don't go missing at all. Um, or they're not down for a long time. So you don't necessarily feel that impact. Because to, to give you an example, Partey was missing for the Aston Villa game. You know, Lokonga was good enough to play that game, you know, and we won that game and, and, and we didn't, the levels didn't drop too much. So, you know, as long as if Partey goes down in this January that we've got coming up, where we where we got, you know, United, um, they're probably going to give us a City match. We've got to go Tottenham away. We've got to go away to Newcastle. Newcastle. I think. 
you know, yeah. or Newcastle at home, then that's tough. But if he goes down in a month where we're playing Nottingham Forest, where we're playing Aston Villa, where we're playing, you know, Wolves or something like that, we might be all right, right. you know. So, yeah. you know, it does it does come down to luck and timing, etc. And and at the end of last season we saw what happened. Um we the fixtures were not kind. Um were not kind to us at all uh, during that during that period. Um uh, so yeah, similar question from Khalil as to before talking about um, CMs and DMs. So that's one that we're going to focus on um, over over the World Cup. And then from Tommy Ajay one, he says, "Is Mudrik worth sixty million euro?" Because I won't lie, I'm seeing Pepe two So Dan, you've given us uh, the lowdown on on Mudrik. So I, I think I think he's worth it. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't so, like I didn't want Pepe. I wanted Zaha over Pepe. Mm. Same, same here. To be honest, same here. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, right? So, guys, uh, we're going to leave it there. As I said, um, stay tuned next week for for what we've got planned for the World Cup. I think you guys will really enjoy um, World Cup fracker, um, as it were. And um, yeah, if you if you want more Arsenal exclusive content. Um, Make sure to sign up for the Patreon for as little as £3 a month. We're going to keep you guys updated with lots of um, extra content, um, scouting players, uh, doing season reviews, giving players gradings, all of that stuff, all that good, good stuff. So uh, make sure you sign up to the Patreon. Otherwise, Dan, um, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for hosting, man. Yeah, no worries. And we'll catch you guys. Oof, boy, we'll, we'll see the Patreon sooner, but we'll catch you guys after Boxing Day, I think, um, <laughs> where we play, yeah, where we play uh, West Ham, you know, so six week, six okay. week respite, six week respite. Peace. Thank you guys on the flip side, man. Network.